Welcome everybody to your daily dose of video game news at Pixels and Pints for Thursday, May 4th, 2023. First up, Kinda Funny X-Cast with Phil Spencer. So Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, spoke on the Kinda Funny X-Cast about why making great games is not enough for Xbox to beat Sony or Nintendo in the console race. Spencer explained that Microsoft is pursuing subscription services like Game Pass and cloud gaming technology to cater to Xbox owners and provide a different strategy. He acknowledged that building great games alone would not result in a shift to console share in a dramatic way. Spencer also highlighted that the continuity from generation to generation is strong and people tend to have established digital libraries that they carry forward from prior generations. The Xbox executive also talked about the recent release of Redfall, one of the higher profile first party Xbox releases. He acknowledged that there were some technical issues, yeah, just a bit, with the game and pointed out misleading marketing efforts, specifically about the 60 frames per second marketing that ended up being locked to 30, along with that lovely sticker on the back of your Redfall physical copies, which say that 60 FPS will not be available at launch. Spencer suggested that Microsoft might be more hands-on with games in the future when it acquires them or their studio's mid-development. Uh, now, there's definitely some great sound bites from the interview, but I mean, overall, there's not a whole lot that Phil said that really changes anything. You know, from a perspective of an Xbox fan, which I don't consider myself the biggest Xbox fan, but I can see where they're coming from. You know, anything he says to reassure you about your investment of the platform, you know, is probably treated as golden. You know, which even he admits, um, you know, hasn't really amounted to much over the past couple of years, which is kind of disheartening, to be honest. You know, especially with a company of that size, control of all of these ginormous publishers who put out fantastic games. We know they can. And this is kind of the output that they've had under... Xbox or Microsoft's tenure, however you want to look at it. He is at least recorded to saying that he supports their development studios to create the games and experiences that they want to make, which is great, but from a business and managerial perspective, you kind of wonder how long something like this can keep happening, especially on a perception level. Microsoft is very secretive about its numbers, but if we consider that the 30% drop is accurate across the board for Xbox sales, it means that Xbox has taken a beating on the one casual platform that's designed to really rake in those Game Pass subs. But, you know, if Phil's plans aren't to take Xbox to the level of Nintendo or Sony's direction and instead move on to a unified platform where you can experience these games on whatever you, device you may have, it seems like maybe they're spreading themselves a bit too thin. And the Xbox set-top box itself, that platform, the Series X or Series S that you have underneath your TV, that seems to be kind of being pushed to the side. And another quick side note that uh, with all of the just praise and critical response that Hi-Fi Rush got, he admits that Age of Empires 2, which hit Game Pass at the same time, actually has more players playing the game. And everybody gave Jeff Grubb a whole bunch of crap because he insinuated that Hi-Fi Rush didn't make the money that Microsoft or Tingo Gameworks were hoping to make back. And this is kind of an acknowledgement of that. As much of the great critical response that Hi-Fi Rush got, 
it seems that more people care about Age of Empires rather than Hi-Fi Rush. So that's probably true. Even though, again, like the, these people are all marketing mouthpieces. If they're going to be responding to you on Twitter or if they're going to be putting out a statement, it's all marketing. Whatever they're talking about internally, you'll never know. Most people will never know. Even people who work at Tango Gameworks, people who are on the lower echelons of Xbox as a whole, they'll never know. The only important thing to really take away from Spencer's interview is that nothing he says matters until you have the controller in your hand playing the game. And he admits that outright. We have Starfield, Forza, Hellblade 2. Those seem to be the next games slated to drop over the next few quarters. Now, this obviously isn't a make or break thing since, you know, Xbox is still a division of a over $2 trillion company. But at a certain point, the number of Game Pass subs will start to stagnate, right? And when that happens, I guarantee all of this dev-friendly and gamer-friendly talk is going to start to change in tone. I think if Xbox isn't able to aggressively corner the market of their Game Pass and cloud gaming platform, then Xbox as an individual brand may cease to exist at some point. Who knows? Maybe they'll spin off into a into a publisher, kind of like how Sega did uh, once they collapsed. But next, Discord name changes are incoming. If you don't know, Discord is a widely used app for gaming communities. Well, they announced a significant change that will require users to update their usernames. The new usernames will no longer have a set of numbers applied to them as users will be prompted to change their usernames to a unique name consisting of characters from the A to Z alphabet, numbers 0 through 9, an underscore, and a period. The restrictions for the new names must be 2 to 32 characters long, case insensitive, force lowercase, and adhere to community guidelines. The change is intended to make it easier for users to identify and connect with their friends. The rollout of the new username changes will occur over the next few weeks with older accounts receiving priority. While this change is expected to eliminate the need for number discriminators and usernames, some users have expressed concerns that it may cause confusion for people trying to find them and result in a loss of privacy. Discord's move is one of several recent changes in popular social media platforms, including Twitter's verification updates and Instagram's focus on more Reels content. Users will be required to apply a new name when prompted or manually in the settings menu during the full rollout. Rip your username if you have hashtag 420 or hashtag 6969 as part of your username. You guys will be sadly missed. And up next, we have Apple Arcade adding 20 games to their platform. Apple has just announced a major addition to its Apple Arcade games library with 20 new and classic titles added to the platform. The highlight of these new releases is an exclusive co-op Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game called TMNT Splintered Fate, which sees players team up to battle their way through enemies in search of the missing splinter. This is a roguelike brawler, which means that the game is different every time you play it. Players can combine the Turtles' attacks and randomize power-ups and receive help from friends such as April O'Neil and Casey Jones. In addition to TMNT Splintered Fate, Apple Arcade subscribers can also play What the Car, the latest edition from Triband, a studio behind What the Golf and What the Bat. This game sees players control a car and take part in races with some absurd twists along the way. Apple Arcade subscribers can also enjoy several Disney titles including Disney Spellstruck, Disney Coloring World Plus, and Disney Getaway Blast Plus. Other games available at no extra cost to Apple Arcade subscribers include Limbo, Getting Over It, Octodad Deadliest Catch, and the 4K version of Temple Run. 
With over 200 games available on Apple Arcade, this expansion represents a significant addition to the platform. Meanwhile, Netflix has announced plans to add 40 more mobile games to its catalog this year, including Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. If there's anything I'll give Apple Arcade is that at least the games don't have any kind of microtransactions. But if we're being honest here, if you've played any of the Apple Arcade games, you can kind of tell that those apps were created with microtransactions in mind. They still have things like time gates and uh, currencies that you have to collect over a, a period of time in order to unlock things and get further progress into the game. The one game that I really experienced was the Castlevania Apple Arcade game, but you can tell, like I said, that microtransactions were a integral part of the way that the game was designed. Acquiring all the different currencies so you can unlock all the different things that are part of the game, it is so exhausting. But if you have subscription to the Apple One program, which includes all of this stuff, then you might as well try it out. It's a fun distraction to play if you have a really decent Apple TV or if you have a current iPhone or even an iPad, I should say. So go, go check it out. And then finally, Final Fantasy 16 is banned in Saudi Arabia. Oh no. The General Commission for Audiovisual Media, which oversees video game releases in Saudi Arabia, has announced on their official Twitter account that Square Enix's Final Fantasy 16 has been banned in the country. The decision was made because the game contains content that the publisher refused to change to meet Saudi Arabian standards. The tweet reads, For fans of Final Fantasy 16, we would like to clarify that it has not been released in the kingdom due to the publisher's unwillingness to make the necessary modifications. Earlier in the week, the board's general supervisor for video games, Hatan Tawili, had tweeted about the situation without explicitly naming the game. He wrote, Unfortunately, after all of our attempts over the past eight months without any success, one of the most important and biggest games of the year is on its way to being banned due to the company's complete refusal to modify the content to suit the region. While the exact nature of the content that caused the game to be banned is unknown, in February, on the same day that a preview embargo for the game was lifted, three writers for the Saudi website True Gaming posted vague tweaks implying that an upcoming game had LGBTQ plus content. If they were referring to Final Fantasy 16, this could be a possible reason for the ban. And I'm going to be honest here, maybe this is a controversial take. If Saudi Arabia wants to ban the content, go for it. That's fine. If Square Enix doesn't want to change their content to meet Saudi Arabia's guidelines, fine. If Square Enix wants to change the content in order to fit Saudi Arabia's guidelines, that's fine too. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares. I don't think anybody should care. It sucks that people in Saudi Arabia aren't going to be able to play Final Fantasy 16, but more than likely, if you really want to play it, you're going to import the damn thing. That's all there is to it. And that's all there is to it for today's gaming news for Thursday, May 4th, 2023. Don't forget to rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. If you're the kind of person who enjoys content of the visual variety, you can check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Pixels and Pints. I'll be back again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for more video game news.